couple of times a year, uh, I try to have a uh, Saturday seminar where um, uh, I teach a book that I believe uh, uh, will help you in your broader life. They're often leadership books. Um, on uh, November the 11th, on Saturday morning, um, I'm going to be teaching this book by Ryan Holiday. It's called uh, Stillness is the Key. And in this book, he teaches us uh, the benefits of creating some stillness in our life uh, so that we can, uh, we can focus on things that are important and have meaning. Uh, he also teaches us the skills on how to do that. Uh, I believe we all live lives that are too hectic. And because we live lives that are too hectic, we end up robbing ourselves of some of the richest moments in life. So um, if, you, if this sounds interesting to you, you can uh, register on our website. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're asking your spirit to teach us spiritual disciplines. We believe that without the Holy Spirit teaching us, we can't get this right. So I pray this morning that your spirit would help us to think properly about the spiritual discipline of humility. And then I pray that as we choose to practice this discipline, we would find what it really means that you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I suppose one of the things about Washington that is most annoying to me and I, I think probably most other people in America is uh, um, Washington seems to infect people with arrogance. Uh, before they get elected, they're just people from Cleveland, Ohio. They're just people from Nashville, Tennessee. But then they go to Washington I guess it's in the water there or something. But little by little, there is a change in them. And they begin to uh, make me feel like uh, I'm in third grade again and being sent to the principal's office. Uh, No one likes uh, for someone to treat them uh, uh, poorly out of arrogance. Can we agree with that? Uh, none of us like the way people who are too, pr too proud treat us. But here's the problem. Even though we don't like pride in other people, even though it bothers us, we often don't see the pride in ourselves. So it's easy for me to watch the news and say, 
those people are a bunch of arrogant fill in the blanks I, it's not as easy for me to look in the mirror and say dude you got issues too right it's easy for us to see pride and not like it in other people but it's equally difficult for us to see the pride in our own lives and see how unpleasant it is to everybody else around us. So, the Bible teaches us that we need to practice the spiritual discipline of humility. Otherwise, subtly, little by little, we get infected and uh, uh, we become the kind of proud person that we don't like in others. That's where we're starting today. So it turns out the Apostle Peter thought about this. And this is what he wrote in his first letter. You who are younger, be subject to your elders. All right, young people, I hated that verse when I was your age. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, but there it is. Uh, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Listen, all of us, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. All right. Uh, uh, there was a time in my life that I thought humility was a character trait. And you had to try to devise, develop this character trait. I have since changed my mind. Humility is not a character trait. It's a choice. Humility is a choice I have to make in the moment, day by day by day by day. Uh, you're not ever going to develop the character trait of humility so you just can subconsciously be humble. That's probably not going to happen. But I can develop the skill of choosing to be humble in the moment. So humility is an action. It's not a character trait. Uh, humility is something that I am aware of and day by day in situation after situation I choose to be humble in that moment. In fact, Peter compares it to putting on clothes. Uh, this morning I went to uh, my closet, uh, I pulled some stuff off the hangers and uh, I chose what I was going to wear today. Uh, uh, didn't put a whole lot of effort into it, as you can see. Uh, um, uh, but we, we choose what we put on. And Peter's saying, in the very same way, you choose the shirt you're wearing. You have to choose to be humble day by day. And if you're thinking, you, you know, Doc, there's a lot of people who need this, but I, I really don't think I need it. Peter said, all of you. That's pretty inclusive. Everybody in this room, Peter says, you need to think about putting on humility. 
you need to think about it pretty seriously. All right. Now let's let's get let's drill into what is humility. Uh, could we start with humility is a basic human respect for other people. I start being uh, humble when I look at other people and say these are human beings and they deserve a basic level of respect whether I like everything they do or not. Whether I agree with all their opinions or not, they deserve a basic level of human respect. Are you with me? Uh, uh, we have to stop saying these people's opinions are so terrible, I don't have to give them a basic level of human respect. Uh, that's not humble. Uh, when, I, when I become so arrogant that I can look at a person and say, I'm judging your whole life by your opinion about this or about that, then, then I'm not being humble at all. I'm being pretty arrogant, church. Humility says, no matter who you are and no matter what uh, your opinions are, uh, you deserve a basic level of human respect. Second of all, humility is able to acknowledge what is better in others. If I'm not humble, I see somebody who's able to do something very, uh, uh, very well, and I look at that, and because I'm not hum humble, I can't appreciate it or acknowledge it. Are you with me? I see something, I see someone who does something well. I, I see someone who is skilled, uh, 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 and I can't acknowledge that because my insecurities, my lack of humility, uh, somehow or another feels bad because they're good at that. All right. Humility allows me to look at people who are doing things well and saying, that person does that very well and acknowledge it. Humility is being realistic about my own limitations. Um, if your car breaks down, ah, uh, and I'm looking under the hood, don't have any expectations at all. I can't fix it. Okay. Uh, do I wish I could? Uh, 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 do I wish I was the guy who said, oh, yeah, I see this right away. I'll fix this right up. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would love to be that. Okay. But I'm not. And so humility says, I know that... I have my limitations. Uh, if you hear I cooked lunch, you probably want to go somewhere else. Uh, uh, I've never developed the cooking uh, skill. All right. Humility is able to say, I do some things well, but I don't do everything well, and I'm going to acknowledge my limitations. I think I've told you uh, when something used to break at our house, Sharon would say, do you think you can fix that? And now she says, please don't try. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get somebody in here. Um, all right. When I'm not humble, I can't acknowledge my limitations. All right. Uh, humility is the ability 
to acknowledge my limitations and the qualities and the skills in others and then defer to them. Okay? I acknowledge my limitations. I wish I was better at that, but I'm not. I acknowledge that you are good at that. So instead of competing with you, I'm going to be humble and I'm going to defer to you. Okay? We do this in a lot of things in life. Uh, I'll bet there's very few people in here who have uh, pulled your tooth with a pair of uh, dentist pliers. Uh, you defer that to someone else. Could you do it? You probably could. Um, but why? Well, this is true in all of life. In all of life, humility says to me, uh, you are good at some things, but you have your limitations. Humility says to me, this person has proven they have abilities in this. Acknowledge it and defer to them. That's humility. Uh, okay, I'm not asking you to, to grovel. I'm not asking you to crawl on your hands and knees. I, I, that's not what humility is. Uh, humility is a basic life skill that takes a hard look at reality and, sa and says, this is who I am, this is who you are, uh, you're better at this, I will defer to you. All right. Humility is not a lack of self-esteem. Uh, humility is not some kind of, uh, uh, I don't like myself. That's not humility at all. Um, uh, Ryan Holiday says in his book, Ego is the Enemy, it does not degrade you when others treat you poorly. It degrades them. Why is it hard for us to be humble? Because we all have a story where somebody uh, didn't treat us right. And we're afraid if we're humble, then that'll happen more often. But I think Ryan is absolutely right. It doesn't degrade you if someone treats you poorly. It degrades them. Do you see? I don't want to surrender uh, uh, the qualities of humility because I'm afraid that people will misjudge my humility and, and take advantage of me. And we're going to talk a little more about that in a minute. All right. So... If I'm willing to be humble, there is a benefit in it. There is a spiritual benefit in it. Uh, and basically, the spiritual benefit is God blesses humility. Do you want God's blessing on your life? If you choose to be humble, you will be more blessed. Listen to what the scripture says. He gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. The, the more grace you desire, the more you ought to choose to be humble. All right. Now, in this verse, if, if, you, if you could look at it, it's a couplet. The first phrase says, God opposes the proud. The second uh, 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 line says, but he gives grace to the humble. All right. Now, let's look at this couplet. First of all, uh, there are two types of people, the proud and the humble. 
Tomorrow, as you go about your work, as you go about your life, as you go about your uh, uh, family uh, interaction, uh, you get to choose to be humble or arrogant. You get to choose that. Uh, but when you choose that, you need to know that there's a consequence for both of them. I can't choose to be arrogant and expect for Christ to give me more grace. If I choose to be arrogant, I have to expect him to oppose me. God opposes the arrogant. So if I choose to be arrogant tomorrow, if you choose to marginalize people at work, if you choose to speak to them in a poor way, if you, if you choose uh, the, um, the uh, actions of uh, 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 pride, then you have to expect for God to say, yeah, I don't have your back on that, church. On the other hand, if you choose to be humble, then you ought to have an expectation that God is going to give you more grace. God is going to keep giving you, treating you better than what you deserve, treating you better than what you deserve, because that's how he responds to humility. Now, Peter says, because you know this, and because you understand this, you're ready for a command. The verb, um, humble yourself, in verse 6, it's in the imperative. You must humble yourself. Because you know that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, you must humble yourself. Now I'm learning that humility is really not a choice. It's a command from God that he has every expectation that I obey. Church. God teaches us, and then he commands us to be humble. And what does being humble look like? First of all, it is, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. What does that mean? I place myself under the divine protection of God. I trust God to act in my behalf, and I refuse to promote myself. All right. What does it mean to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? All right. Tomorrow, you're going to encounter, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometime this week, you're going to encounter a moment where humility is the right response, but your heart is going to say, I don't want to do it right now because I don't trust that person at all. If I humble myself, they'll get the wrong idea about it, and then, and then I'll have to put up with more of their ridiculous. Anybody ever thought, am I the last sinner in this church? Uh, uh, I don't want to humble myself because I know these people, and I know they're going to take advantage of me, right? We've all thought that thought, all right. So that's why I have to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. And I make a transition from my expectations about who they are and what they will do, and I put my expectations on God, and I say, I don't trust these people at all. I, I believe if they get a chance, they'll take advantage of me. But I trust you. I'm humbling myself, 
And I'm saying your mighty hand is more than capable of dealing with people who respond to me uh, being humble in a wrong way. Are you here in this church? It stops being about what do I expect from this person and it becomes uh, I, I have expectations of someone a whole lot more trustworthy than the people around me. And my trust is in the mighty hand of God. Um, and what does God do? When we humble ourselves, he lifts us up. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God in order that you may be lifted up in the right time. God does more for the humble than we can ever do for ourselves. You get that? You say, I can't humble myself. I'll lose my place. The only way you can get to your proper place is by humbling yourself. You can't exalt yourself the way Christ can exalt you. You get that? And if you try, he opposes you. On the other hand, he says, ah, here's how you get to the top. You humble yourself. You say, Doc, I, I just don't know if that'll work where I, where I work. You don't know the people I work with. Listen, the apostles were once arguing about who was the greatest. Yeah, the apostles had ego issues too. They were arguing about who was the greatest, and Jesus heard them. And he said, you know, guys, you've got this all wrong. You're looking to the wrong model for how to be great. And then he said, who is the greatest one? The one sitting at the table or the one serving? Of course, they're thinking, the one sitting at the table. And Jesus said, wrong. That's not the model I've given to you. I have given to you the model of greatness by serving. I've been one serving among you, not one being served. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? When I humble myself, the direct opposite happens. God says, because you humble yourself, I can trust you and I can uh, promote you. Your humbling yourself is evidence that God can promote you. Your, your, your refusal to humble yourself is proof that God says, yeah, you're not ready for me to promote you yet. Are you following this church? Humility doesn't rest on my ability. Humility arrests on the bountiful goodness of God. If I really believe in my heart that God is infinitely good and that he asked me to humble myself, and then he says, when you humble yourself, I'm going to exalt you to places you could never get by yourself. Now, it all starts to make sense. You following me, church? This means yes, this means no. All right. There's another obstacle to humility, and it's anxiety. It's being anxious about life. Uh, 
It's what-ifing ourselves. So, Peter's teaching us about how to be humble, and he says, by the way, if you start to feel anxiety, if, if, if thinking about humility, if it starts to make you feel anxiety, this is what I want you to do. Verse 7, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. My insecurities rebel against humility. You hear that? That voice you hear in your head that doesn't want to be humble, that is the voice of your insecurities. Your ins and the, and the, the louder those insecurities are, the harder it will be for you to choose humility. So I have to deal with those insecurities. And how do I, how, how do I deal with those insecurities? I cast them upon the Lord. All right, let's be real practical. I have an insecurity about some limitation I have in my life. Um, uh, we all have insecurities about what we can't do well, all right? Uh, that insecurity wants to hide, and it likes to hide behind pride. Pride is often the mask for insecurity. I'm going to act like something I'm not, so nobody will see uh, uh, this, all right? So I have this insecurity. It wants to hide behind pride. Instead of hiding my insecurity behind pride, I need to cast my insecurity on the Lord. I need to be dead honest with him and say, I'm having a hard time being humble right now because this insecurity in me is screaming at the top of its lungs. Do you hear that? I take the moment and I say, I can't be humble if this insecurity wins. And so I'm casting the anxiety of this insecurity on you. You could do that, couldn't you? Through humility, my anxiety is replaced with poise. Where before, my insecurities are shouting, and, uh, and I'm trying to hide them behind pride, I, uh, I cast these insecurities on Christ. And where there was anxiety, it's replaced by poise a calm sense of well-being. And my humility is not something that I'm gritting my teeth to do. Now my humility is part of a poised life. It's just another expression of a strong inner self. You meet the demands of life with poise because you've put your insecurities to God and he has replaced them with, with the capacity to respond in humility. Are you with me, church? There's a second problem with uh, humility. Uh, it's spiritual apathy. Be sober-minded and be watchful. Spiritual apathy is, 
I just get ambivalent about the most important things in my inner self. We talked about this a couple of times. I'm living only an external life, and I have apathy about my internal spiritual condition. Uh, if you can go one, two, three days and really never think about God or connect with him, that's spiritual apathy. You see? Uh, I don't know how it would go in your house, but if uh, I didn't talk to Sharon for uh, three or four days, uh, there it would be an issue. Uh, uh, someone would not be happy. Um, all right. Um, in spiritual apathy, I lose my sense of the wonder and the goodness of God. And so I start, uh, when God isn't everything, then I must be. And now I'm living in the world of pride again, right? Uh, so Peter says, you got to be sober-minded. You, you, can't, you can't let this stuff slip. It's got to be on your agenda. He also said, when you have spiritual apathy, you are a prime target for evil. Uh, I want to be perfectly clear. I believe in the reality of evil. There is evil out there. Uh, you don't have to look very hard to see it. Uh, we saw it played out this week in Maine. There is evil out there. And this evil is organized by an evil one. And he has an agenda, and his agenda is to wreck the lives of good people. That's the agenda of evil. And often, one of his main weapons is pride. The unholy one can ruin every single relationship you have with one tool, pride. Start treating your spouse with arrogance and, and, and see what happens to your relationship. Start being arrogant with your friends and see what happens to your friendships. Start being arrogant at work and see how quickly your, your work relationships collapse. You see, he doesn't need... Uh, Everything that we, uh, he needs one good uh, uh, game plan, and and that is uh, 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 to lure us into uh, 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 treating people around us with a, a prideful spirit and not a humble spirit, and then he ruins us. But I can resist him. I can be firm in my faith. Humility is the weapon with which I resist the unholy one. His weapon is pride. My weapon is humility. His weapon is you deserve better than this. People aren't treating you right. My weapon is humility. I'm not counting on them. I have, I've already uh, humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. I'm counting on God. Church, I respond to the unholy one with the weapon of humility. Every time I re every time you act in humility, you you, you make a, a a death strike to to evil in your life. All 
Holiday also wrote in his book on Ego's Enemy, Ego needs honors in order to be validated. Confidence, on the other hand, is an ability to wait and focus on the task at hand regardless of external recognition. All right. In humility, I can't expect immediate results because the best things in life don't work that way, right? Uh, you can throw uh, stuff in the microwave and it can be ready in minutes, but it never tastes as good as the stuff that's really cooked. Am I right? Or maybe some of you guys like that microwave food better. I don't know. Uh, 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 I've had microwave hamburgers at gas stations, and I'm never doing it again. They're just nasty. Uh, 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 all right. Life doesn't work that way. O okay. So I have to say, often in moments where it's important for me to practice the discipline of humility, I'm not going to get an immediate payoff on that. But I can say with equal certainty, there is a better payoff if I'm willing to wait. If my ego says, if I'm humble, you have to respond this way, and if you don't, I'm not going to be humble with you, then I'm going to lose. If my inner sense of faith in God says, I'm going to be humble, and even if you don't respond the way I hoped you would, God is great, and something good is going to come out of this, then we, we, we're going to win. And then Peter says, and by the way, you're not in this all alone. Uh, if you look around, there are people out there and, and they're doing their best to live humbly before God and they're having some challenges in doing that. This is, it's just normal, church. Uh, you're not the only one. You are not the only one. Every Christian who is trying to live out their Christian life, they have struggles, and things don't always happen the way they wish they would happen, but it's still worth it. And then he said in verse 10, Peter said, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Sometimes humility in the moment feels like suffering. Are you willing to accept that? Sometimes it doesn't feel good to humble yourself. All right, but because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean it isn't right. I have to take a couple of pills. They've got plastic on them. I hate taking them. I can taste that plastic in the back of my throat. Anybody take plastic pills? Good, we suffer together then, don't we? Uh, I don't like it. If it was up to me, I wouldn't take the darn things. Okay, in the moment that I have to swallow them, I don't like it. But I like what they do to make me feel better and be healthy, right? Humility is the same way. Sometimes when you have to swallow it, you don't like it. But in the end, 
it produces a, a, a benefit that's worth the momentary hassle. Uh, humility helps us understand the grace of God better. Look what he says. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, my suffering has a way of refocus. I mean, my humility has a way of refocusing from off myself and onto the God of grace. Pride keeps saying me, 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 me. Pride can't turn away from the mirror. Pride is always about self-focus and self-interest and selfishness. Ah, but humility gives me a breath of fresh air. And I'm not thinking about me, my, and mine. My thoughts are lifted to the God of all grace. The God who has always and always will treat me better than what I deserve. Christ-like humility is God's pathway to eternal glory. And now we have four benefits of um, humility. Uh, these will make good discussion questions in your uh, life groups. First of all, he says, uh, he will himself restore you. God restores our souls through humility, not through arrogance. And this word for restore in the original, it's very, very interesting. It was used in Greek for setting a broken bone. Um, it, uh, it was the word that, uh, that uh, uh, was used in classical Greek for the procedure where your bone is broken and they put it, they set it back the way it's supposed to be. Ah, through humility, the God of grace resets your broken soul. Church, in life, we get a broken heart from time to time. In life, we get a broken psyche from time to time. Ah, through humility, the God of grace resets, restores my soul. The second benefit is God confirms our soul through humility. Uh, uh, Self-affirmation is a beautiful thing. You can't go around criticizing yourself all the time. We've talked about that in other sermons. If you've got a voice in your head that's always criticizing you, that's not healthy and God, that's not what God wants. In fact, he wants the direct opposite. He doesn't want that voice criticizing you all the time. He wants to affirm you. All right. And every soul needs affirmation. So what happens? As I choose humility, the God of all grace affirms me. He says, awesome, son. That's exactly the kind of person I want you to be. You hear it? God affirms us through our acts of humility. The fourth thing, God strengthens us through humility. If I'm not humble and I'm promoting myself, surely you know how hard it is to always be trying to promote yourself. 
Surely you know it's an impossible task every day to keep up the facade and keep people thinking you're something that you, you're really not sure you are or you would like to be. All right. That takes a lot of energy. On the other hand, if I'm willing to let that go and I stop being self-promoting and I say to God, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to defer to this person who can do this better than I can. I'm going to show this person basic human respect. That doesn't take anything from me. In fact, Peter said it strengthens me. I become a better, stronger person when I can affirm other people that they're, and, 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 and defer to their abilities and their skills. I become a better person when I can look at someone and say, I'm going to treat you with basic human uh, uh, respect. That doesn't make me less of a person. It makes me a stronger person. And then finally, he uses the word uh, establish. God establishes our soul, not through selfishness, but through humility. And this word establish means to provide a firm foundation. God creates a firm foundation for your soul as you practice humility. All right. I'm sorry this took so long, but I'm going to wrap it up. All right. Humility is a hard sell in our culture. You automatically hear the word and you think, right? Humility is a hard sell in our culture. But the lack of humility is one of the big problems of our culture. Maybe if we could be a little more humble with each other, our culture would be a lot more healthy. You see? All right. The second thing I want to say is, humility starts at home. Open your heart to me. Humility starts at home. Uh, what looks like basic respect to your spouse? What looks like basic respect to your parents? Parents, what looks like basic respect to your kids? Huh? Uh, parents are quick to quote the scripture, uh, children obey your parents. But we're a whole lot slower to quote the scripture that says, parents, uh, don't provoke your kids to anger. What would, what, what would family humility look like, church? What would it look like if the humility in your family doubled? You acknowledge what you do well, you acknowledge what the other people in your family do well, and you show each other respect. Uh, church, if there's any place in the world where humility ought to be practiced, it's church. Uh, what would humility look like in church? Uh, well, maybe you wouldn't be uh, bullying your way to be the first one out uh, uh, of the parking lot. Uh, Maybe some of you brothers who are uh, uh, healthy could leave some nice parking spaces for the moms in this church who have kids, and sh they're trying to get them through the parking lot. Brothers? Uh, no? 
Maybe humility would be uh, somebody sitting where you like to sit, and instead of being annoyed by it, you say, I'm glad they get that good chair today. Hmm? Uh, uh, humility might look like, I have come to this church uh, for a while, and it, every time I come here, there are people serving me. Maybe it's time that I humble myself and serve someone else. You see? I'm not talking about groveling. I'm talking about being a strong, healthy, spiritual person and becoming that through choosing humility in my daily life. God help us to do it. Our dear Heavenly Father. Uh, humility is your good idea. And so your spirit has to convince us. And I pray for myself and I pray for everyone who's here this morning that you would convince us that humility is the best option. I pray that we could see the benefits of it. I pray that we could be alert and aware in the moment. Uh, 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 and I pray that as we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, we might learn more and more how absolutely reliable you are. And I ask this all in Christ's name.